Father God, we come this morning and we honor you for your word. Lord, thank you that your word will do exactly that what it said it will do. Thank you that your word will not return to you void, Father, but it will go forth like, like a hammer, like a two-edged sword, like a lamp and a light, Father. Thank you that your word, Father, sets people free and deliver people, Father. I pray right now that people have, will have such an encounter with your word that it will change their lives forever. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Amen. I'm going to prophesy to some people. I'm going to minister first, and then I'm going to minister to some people. Just so bear with me. I'm going to try to have you out of here. I'm going to try to beat Dr. Gustav and get you out by 11. Is that good? Okay, did you put your timer of your oven on 11 for then for to go off? Okay, let's do this. We know we are busy with... Um, with a series, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna just go on with Dr. Gustav. I'm building foundation for where he's gonna go on next week. But Proverbs 19:21 says, "Many plans are in a man's heart, but it's the purpose of God that will prevail." You know, God has called us; He's created us. But many times we think that God created us before He created purpose. No, there was first purpose, and then there were you. Amen. Isn't it amazing that God already had a plan before He created you? And we were born into God's plan. But sometimes Satan wants to derail us from the plan of God for our lives. And that's why we have the Word of God to show us, to direct us. And many people, the, the question we get asked the most in ministry is what is my purpose? What's God's plan? And many people, because they feel they don't have a plan and they don't have a purpose, they feel out of place and out of position. Come on. And that's why people is always seeking. People is always seeking. They will seek the wrong things and they will go find pleasure for a moment. But you will never be happy outside of the plan of God. If you don't know why you are here and you don't know why God created you, then you don't know why you exist. Come on. And that's why it's important to us that we do all these, and now we do follow me as I follow Christ. And it's important that you know that as He is, so are we in this world. Your job, Dr. Gustav said, said it all over every time he preaches, your job is not your purpose, it's your job. But many people, we are seeking for the wrong thing. And even when we find it, we don't know what to do with it. Come on. It's like a dog chasing a car to bite the wheel. If the car stops, suddenly the dog's purpose is ruined. Because it doesn't know what to do with the wheel of the car. Come on. And many times we are like that because we're looking for, for it on the wrong or at the wrong place. John 17, 17 and 18 says, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. You are sent by God into this world. And many times when we speak of ministry, 
we think it's a mic, 45 minutes on a Sunday and, and, and a stage. But ministry and your call is so much deeper than my 45 minutes that I'm standing here. Come on. Because the whole earth, your community, your neighborhood, your very street becomes your pulpit if you really understand the true purposes of God. Then we won't let our nothing, like Dr. Brian will say, scream out to be something or scream out to be seen and to be heard. But when you really know that you know that you know it's Christ in me and I'm in Christ, Wherever you go, you will make impact and you will change lives. Come on. You will not just look for a specific place. I had a very interesting conversation last night. And my friend said that somebody, there was somebody and they tried, some people tried to force the gospel on you. And yes, sometimes we need to appeal for a verdict. But sometimes we need to win that person with relationship. So that they can see through your walk, through your life, through what you are putting out there, that God is real. You can still enjoy life and still serve Jesus and still be a witness of the King of Kings. Because we need to realize that the same Jesus that saved you, saved you out of your mess, saved you out of your condition, wants to save others through you. Come on. I'm getting there. It's time that we as a body of Christ stand up again and say to the world that Jesus is alive. There is hope. There is deliverance. There is healing. And you don't have to go look far through for it. You just need to shout Jesus because those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And all you need to do is lift up His name. The Word of God says, if you lift up the name of the Lord, He will draw all man unto Him. He will draw depression unto Him. He will draw your sickness unto Him. Come on. He will draw your addiction unto Him. Because He wants you to be free. He wants you to live a life in abundance. And I'm not talking about money when I say the word abundance. Because there's people with a lot of money and they're still sick. There's people with a lot of money and they're still depressed. But when you walk in the life of abundance, you are healed. You are delivered. You are set free. You are protected by the blood of Jesus. Come on. As God sent Jesus, Jesus is sending us. 2 Corinthians 5 verses 14. And if I can ask you before I read it, last week was what drives you? What is your motive? Why do you do the things you do? Is it out of selfishness? Is it out of 
greediness? Is it because you are looking for fame, for money? Or is it for the love of things? Because what's happening in the world system, we don't use money for people anymore, but we use people for money. We use people to get where we want to get, to feel good and look good. But today it's stopping. Because if you find out what your motive is, in 2 Corinthians 5 verses 14 says, For the love of Christ compels us. The love of God needs to be your drive. If the love of God is not your drive, please stop. Our drive must really be to tell the world if he can do it for me and I was such a mess he can do it for you you can look at somebody that's down and out and you will have compassion for that person and you will pick that person up because you could have been there you could have been on the street but because of his grace and your choices you're not. Come on. God's love is always larger and wider and greater than we think. God loves lifted me up and it lifted you up. We were all broken, bruised, but God's love healed our hearts. Come on, there's people sitting here You've been through the fire and you've been through the water. You've been through some hard places, but it's your time to come to the place of abundance in Christ. You were lonely and abandoned, but God's love filled the empty spaces. You were anxious and fearful, but God's love gave us everlasting peace. How can we keep this love that did all these things for us to ourselves? We became a people of fear. I, I, I don't know how to talk to people. Um, um, um. But let me step on your toe. You will know exactly how to talk to me. The same love that we receive, we need to give. If you are driven by the love of God, the love of Christ and what He did for you on the cross, you cannot stay silent. You have to speak up. The condition of the world is a reflection of the church. I always say it. The world is in a mess because the Christians is try, still trying to figure out who they are and what their purpose is. Come on. John 20 verses 21 says, So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also sent you.
your word for this year and next year should be go. Because being a Christian is actually being a doer. It's not a sitter. It's a doer. Isaiah 60 verses 1 says, Arise and shine for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon thee. Darkness will cover the earth. Yes, great darkness will cover the earth. But your light, whose light? Your light needs to shine. This is the most exciting time for Christians to rise up and to be seen as a light of Jesus Christ. Come on. When people is fearful about EFF and all those, I, I, I don't even get into that nonsense. I'm not, I'm like the worst politician you will ever see. I don't even know what's going on. I have to text a friend, hey, what's going on? I've got this friend, we text one another. She's not here this morning, but we text one another. Like, tell, I'll tell her, she'll tell me, and that's all we know. But people is so fearful. You know what we should have done and we didn't do and we are actually guilty of? We should have said nonsense. Everybody get here and we will start praying and releasing a sound in the heavens. We declare war in the spirit and we will fight for this area. Come on, how many of you prayed Friday? Thank you for the five. But it's because we become so self-centered. And I know the word that Dr. Gustav has been preaching the last few months, it challenges us. And yes, sometimes the word will offend you so that you can change. But it's time, people, that we realize we are so busy with, with nonsense that we forget about eternal value. And that's why I'm going to just touch this morning on the seven eternal purposes of God for your life. Why you are called, because all of you are called. The fact that you are here this morning is saying that God has a plan for your life. Because you could have died during the night. Yesterday was like a very interesting, uh, my dad just went on Facebook and already two people died again. And it was not of COVID. Sad cases. The fact that you are still breathing is saying that God is not finished with you yet. He wants to use you. He still has that plan and purpose. You are still positioned for what God wants to do. Number one. You are called to be loved. Worship. With all of your heart. When you love God. You're going to place Him first. And you're going to worship Him. Psalm 150 verses 6 says. That everything that hath breath. Praise the Lord. Now if you are still breathing. That alone gives you so much purpose. There's not really time for anything else. 
Because if you get up in the morning, you say, Lord, I thank you for another day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Thank you, Father God, that in this day will be purpose. Because I am in this day and you are in me and together we are the great I am. Come on. Dr. Gustav spoke on that also. Together. You and Jesus can change this whole nation. But if you need to come to a place of worship, and worship is not only singing a song, but worship is a lifestyle, and it's a lifestyle of doing. If you serve somebody water and you talk to somebody, it's a form of worship. Be a Christ unto them. Come on. If they enter your life, they need to experience Christ like they've never experienced Christ before. While you have breath, I've taught my children that when it's bad, you praise and you worship. When it's good, you praise and you worship. You praise yourself out of the mess. You praise yourself into joy. There was a time that I was really, really so depressed for a year. It was 19, no, 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 2000, sorry, and nine. 2009, I was so depressed. I got up every morning and get my children done for school, we'll take them to school, get back in bed and just pull the blanket over my head and I would cry the whole day. And later, it became so bad that became my comfort zone. Pastor Tasha, you, yes, me. But you always smile. Yes, I do. Sometimes I smile in the face and I cry in the heart. Come on. was so bad that one day my daughter stood next to my, be- my bed, Kayla, and she said, Daddy, I think my mommy died. And that moment I felt like I died. But her words pulled me back to reality. And then I realized, no, I was not created to be depressed. I need to praise myself. That day, I will never forget it. That specific day, she wrote the exams. I had to take it to school. I got up, I got dressed, and I, and I did my bed. I made my bed, and I never got back in. And I decided that I will worship Him because even when 11 months of hell entered our family, God was still a very, very good God in our lives. Come on. When it looks like a mess on the outside, (laughs) there's always, always, always hope on the inside. Number one, you were called to be loved. Number two, you are called to belong. Be part of God's family. You are not an island. You cannot make it on your own. Sorry. 
You cannot survive on your own. You need people. You need one another. If something bad happens, you know what? You cannot just cry to yourself. Yes, you cry out to God, but God has placed people around you so that you can just stretch out your arm and they can stretch out their arm and lift you up. You need to be a people upper lifter. lifter. I know there's a story like that, but anyway. Ephesians 1 verses 5 says, He predestined us to adoption as sons through Christ Jesus to Himself according to the, the kind intentions of His will. He has called you to pre-adoption. The day you said yes to Jesus, come on, you suddenly belong to a family. Jesus' heart was always for a family. People will tell you, yes, you have a natural family, but you also need your spiritual family. There's a thing that's going out and on the world saying you don't need a church. That's the biggest lie of the enemy. And I'm saying this on live stream. You need a body to belong to. Because your spiritual family is going to outlive your natural family. Sometimes you can trust your spiritual family more than your natural family because your spiritual family know how to pray you through it. Your natural family is going to cry you through it. Come on. You need to belong. Connect with people. Stay connected. Show people love. I've got so many children that I told, I told my husband I always wanted a lot of kids. Well, when I was younger and I had my three, I thank God for only three children. Because I don't think I would have coped with more at that stage. But now I told him we should have had like 10 or 12 children. But you know what? <laughs> thank God. He gave me so many daughters. You will hear they call me mom. And I love it. I love I've, I've got a few sons as well. And I love it because I know we need to belong to a family. Number three. You are called to become like Christ. Discipleship. Sorry, honey. The old things have passed away. You cannot be a person of old nature and say you are a newborn creature in Christ. You cannot do the things of the past and think it's okay in the future now. When you, when you were a sinner, it was okay. But when you accepted Jesus Christ, you had to allow Him to touch your life so that you can be transformed. And that's where water baptism came in. Because as you emerge in the water, you rise up as a new person. You left the old person that died with Christ in the water. I'm not going to explain the baptism now. I'm just... But you were born into Christ's family, into discipleship. Now you need to walk like Him, talk like Him, act like Him on the face of the earth. The ultimate example of a perfect life. Is it easy? No, not always. 
But we always need to strive when people look at us. Do they see Tasha? Or do they see Jesus? You know, I'm like my daddy now. I'm telling a lot of stories. But when we used to go to McDonald's, you know what my children did? They weren't excited. Like other kids, they will be so excited they'll to go to McDonald's. My children, no. When I looked where my kids are, they will all be under the seats, under the car, so nobody could see them. Because they know my order is going to be wrong. And they know McDonald's is going to see a little bit of flesh. Okay? And one day I, I, was, I was so angry and we were sitting there and I, I literally went to the till. And I, I'm, I'm not proud of this. I'm actually very shameful. I can't even believe I'm saying this. It's like so embarrassing. But I went to the till and I was just giving this poor little girl a piece of my mind. Now, if you know my husband, he's very quiet. And the children was like, oh, please, Lord, help us. Let the earth swallow us, or I don't know, trying to hide their faces. And as I walked away and I got what I wanted to get, the way I wanted to get it, my husband made me sit and he said, hmm, you can never talk about Jesus in McDonald's. And I'm like, why? You just blew your testimony, honey. And when he said that, I realized people didn't see Jesus right now. They saw flesh. And that doesn't mean people can walk over you and that kind of thing. But it means you can handle stuff in love. Now, instead of telling people what I think about them, I will tell them, are you having a hard day today? And usually the the lady at the counter will look, oh, what is she going to do now? And I said, yes, because it's such a hot day or it's such a long day. And they will start talking to me. And I will say, but you've got, you know, even if their brows sit here, the pencil sit here and the real brows sit here. I will find something to compliment to give them a better to make to have so that they can just feel better about their day. Because, you know, hurting people just act up. And sometimes they're angry. People are angry and sometimes they don't even know about what. But you are called to become like Christ. To show love. To love deep. To care. To take care of. Come on. To lay down your life. And that's the part that people don't want to do. They don't want to lay down their lives for others. Because they like their life as it is. And they don't like interruptions. But when you come to a place of laying down your life for others. When they hurt, you are there. When it's good and well with them, you are there. When they down and out, you are there. We're not going to have that sticker when dark, but when days are dark, friends are few. We're going to have the sticker when days are dark, we have the friends we need. Come on. People should never point a finger at you and say, where have you been? Number four. Oh, I want to read scripture. Matthew 14 verses 19. And he said to them, follow me as my disciples, accepting me as your master and teacher and walk the same path of life that I walked. And I will make you fishers of men. I'm going to read it again. And he said to them, follow me as my disciples, accepting me as your master and teacher and walk the same path of life that I walked and I will make you 
fishers of men. Jesus is telling them, just do what I do and I will make you fishers of men. We need to do what He, do, what he do, does and we will make you fishers of men. Number four, you are called to be a blessing. Serving. Now, if you come to Power School of Ministry, the first thing you're going to learn is to serve. The first place you will learn to serve is where, Ashley? Toilets. <laughs> you're going to clean that toilet. And if you complain once, I will tell you, you're not ready for ministry yet, honey. Go back and clean the toilet again. Because we are, we are created to serve. 1 Peter 4 verses 10. Every believer has received grace gifts. So use them to serve one another as faithful stewards. As the many colored um, tapestry of God's grace. You are called to serve one another. You are called to lift one another up. Pray for one another. Encourage one another. Come on. You will not die to do something for somebody else. Now, I've got a friend and I, I'm not going to, if you watch my Facebook and my WhatsApps, you will know. Sometimes she needs to bake pancakes because I can't. I don't know how. And sometimes she vacuum cleans my, my carpet because she thinks she can do it better and she can actually do it better. So I, I get her. And sometimes she cooks. And it's not because like I force her to, like she wants to. And we have fun. But then again, I do something else again for her. And I do something else for somebody else. Dale cooks for me now and then as well. Because everybody knows I don't cook. If you really know me, I don't cook. Okay? But somebody will always bring me a pot of something. And I know if I ever invite you to come eat at my house, it, don't even compliment me. <laughs> don't say, oh, you really cook nice food. Because my children is going to say, oh, that's a lie. <laughs> But we are here to serve one another. If you see somebody have lack, if you see somebody is suffering, if you see somebody is in need, come on. You, it's not going to kill you to help. It's not going to kill you to lift up somebody else. Number five. You are called to be sent. Making disciples. Now here I know everybody's minds just go ding, 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 ding. Because we're trying to make disciples for the last three years already. And we're still struggling with some people. Matthew 18 verses 9 and uh, 20. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them um, how to disciple, to obey, and to command them the way I have obeyed and command you. I'm, I'm doing, oh, I thought I'm doing a different translation. Teach them how to disciple. First, you need to be disciple, and then you have to disciple. 
Come on, because you are called for it. And if we step into the seven purposes of what how God created us and what He has created us, we will be so busy there will not be time to be idle and be at the wrong tree and be at the wrong place, out of place and out of position. Come on. And that's why you need to go and you need to tell and you need to get people to be lifted up and show them how to. I love Sunday mornings come to church because sometimes I will catch a young girl and they will come and sit and talk to me and then I can direct them in a loving, kind way. The world is in a mess and young people is in a mess because there's not adults willing to disciple them, telling them what is right and what is wrong. I always say we've become obedient parents with strict children. Come on. I said it in leadership. I'm not going to let a five-year-old child tell me what to do. I'm sorry. Cute at five, not at 15. The world is a mess because people don't know how to be discipled and how to disciple. Because they say people want to control when it comes to discipling. No, it's not controlling, it's directing. Come on. Precular still for Ogun. Thank you for the five on live stream that's clapping. And it's not criticizing. Don't get me wrong and don't come. I'm very strict. So I'm going to say it. I'm, I'm very straight. I'm going to say it as it is. Now you're just rude. We're going to do it in love. Okay? Everything needs to be driven by the love of God. Honey, I don't want you to do this because I, I see you're going to get hurt in the future. I just care, and that's why I'm telling you. Come on. Called number six. Did I read scripture here? Yes. Number six, you are, you are all called to pray. Individually and corporately in a team. We are all called to pray because to pray is to communicate with God to pray is to have fellowship sometimes you will pray and God will show you stuff to pray about God will show you the need of a person and sometimes God will show you your heart but church we need a prayerful army a people that pray I always tell people, if they come with with their problems to me, I say, did you pray about it before you talk about it? I know God gave me enough wisdom to help you, but you need to direct people that prayer is the most important thing in your life. It's the most important thing. You need to pray. You know MC Hammer? Do you know MC Hammer? I was, I I think, in, in high school, that song came out, you need to pray just to make it today. Come on, if I could have wrapped, I would have wrapped it. But let's not go there. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 to 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. 
give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It's the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. To do what? To pray. The disciples didn't go to Jesus and say, Lord, show us how to do signs, wonders, and miracles. They went to Him and said, show us how to pray. Because they were lacking in that area. They want to know because through prayer, everything happens. Come on. If you don't pray, you can't tell me you heard from God. Sorry. Because how do you hear and understand His voice and know it's His voice if you don't have communion with Him, intimacy with Him? Come on, communication with Him. You need to pray. It's time to pray for your nation. It's time to pray for your street. It's time to pray for your community. Pray for yourself. Pray for your children. Pray for your church. Pray for Israel. I always tell people, get yourself South Africa, Israel, and another country to pray for. I pray at the moment for South Korea, and I pray for the USA. They need prayer. They seriously need prayer. Because the battles is not carnal. It's not between me and you. It's against all the principalities of the air. We are fighting one another physically where we should fight in the spirit. And you cannot be a, a, a warrior for God with five-minute training. You have to be prayer fit. Because let me tell you, when I start to pray, the phone will ring. Suddenly I'm hungry. Then I re, I'm reminded of I need to still do this and I still need to do that. Come on. I will, I will like, I just need to see something on Facebook quickly. An hour later, I'm still seeing something on Facebook. Distractions, distractions. But you get yourself prayer fit. If you have to start with five minutes, start with five minutes. But you pray and you pray and you pray. Many times we don't get breakthroughs because we stop with our prayer. There's times in my house I call Grace and I say, come, you're going to go pray with me now. Hey, last night there she's married and with Gabriel, so she's not there to do it. I said, we're going to pray for this now. We're going to pray for that now. We're going to pray for that person now. She cannot tell me no. And I will sleep them in the house if I have to. I know when it comes to the things of God, this mommy can get crazy, okay? I'm very serious. Because I remember as a young child, in the middle of the night when I will get up to go drink water, I will see something move in the living room. It will be my dad on his knees praying and seeking God. When last did your children see you or catch you by accident while you were praying? Or you just pray when? When? Number seven, oh, we're almost done. I'm good with time. You are called to be a giver. It's generosity and faith. All of us. 
You are called to be generous. Proverbs 19 verses 17. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord and he will repay him for his deed. Come on. You need to be generous. Give to the poor. Take care of people in need. We're always going to have poor people. There's always going to be hungry people. There's always going to be people that need something. Why can you have two of something when there's somebody that have none? Come on. But we are so scared of tomorrow. You know what is the craziest thing that I'm hearing now? There's going to be a second wave. And then there's going to be a worse disease. And I don't know what Chol people is talking. I can say another word, but I've, I didn't learn it in Chinese yet. I'm going to learn that word in Chinese. I'm going to say it. it. Then it's not a bad word because you didn't understand it. <laughs> I'm, I'm just joking. I'm joking. But you know what? People is so scared and, and like, what about tomorrow? And I'm not going to have tomorrow. But doesn't Matthew say, don't worry about the day of tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself. If I can take care of the lily and, 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 and the sparrow, why are you worried about what you will eat and what you will drink? Come on. But we are so worried. So what if you can't eat steak tonight? A peanut butter break is also food. Come on, that's all my children eat. It's like we go through peanut butter and like other people go through toilet paper. Because I love peanut butter. But it's also food. Why must somebody suffer? Come on. But don't do it if the love of Christ don't compel you. If it's not driven by love, if it's not driven by God, don't do it. If you want to be seen and want to be heard and want to be noticed, don't do it. But if there's something on the inside of you, that every time you see a street person and you know they might not have and yes it's easy to say they're going to buy this and they're going to buy that and they're going to buy that they can go find a job there's educated people that can't even find a job in this nation come on I don't say go give now to just all these little children I think they need to go to school I think they need to just go to school. But there's really people suffering out there. And God has called you to be the answer. You are the answer to this generation, to the now. You are born for a time to be the answer. Don't ask, Lord, what is my purpose? No, you have a purpose. Be generous to your neighbor. Give and take care of the poor and, and the orphans. You make the difference in your community. Yes, you cannot give to the whole South Africa, but you can make a difference in one person's life. 
or you connect to the church where we take care of a lot of people, feeding them. You know how good God were in this time where other feeding projects stopped and other people couldn't do. God made a way for this church's ministry to stretch out our arms and give even more that we gave before. Come on. And you are part of it. You are part of something greater than just yourself. And if you are here this morning and you say, I want to step into the seven eternal purposes of God, I want you to stand. I want you to lift up your hands. Jesus' name. Father God, I come and I say thank you for purpose. Thank you for your plan. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for what you are doing on the face of the earth. And Lord, thank you that everybody that raised their hands is saying, we will go and we will be the answer and we will make a difference in this times, Father. Because we know South Africa will not go under, but we will go over because of our prayers, because of our generosity, because of our love. Because the love of God compels us. It drives us. We will rise up as an army. Not just to step in, but to take over. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. That all we can do is lay down our lives to do what you want us to do. Thank you that we are created for worship. Just to worship the one living true God and have fellowship with Him. We are created to belong as a family to the kingdom of God, to the family of Christ Jesus, to the body of Christ, to the church. Thank you, Father, that we will be a great example of a great family. In Jesus' name, that we will be doers of the word, not only hearers, but we will do what your word says we will do. We will meditate on your word. Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. While you are standing, there's anybody here that don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you just to raise your hands. You don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. See that hand, beautiful. See that hand. Let's all pray together. I want to pray with you afterwards. Don't leave, but we're going to pray with you. Say after me, Father God, I come as I am. My shortcomings and all my mistakes. But today I'm laying down my old self. My old ways. And I accepted G- I'm accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I acknowledge the love of God that He loved me so much 
that He gave His only begotten Son who died on the cross, who paid and shed with His blood so that I can be free, healed and delivered, that I can walk in total forgiveness. I can walk in total healing. And I accept today the love of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit, and the authority of God in my life. Thank you, Father, for making me a new person. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Father God, I bless everyone that is here this morning. Lord, I pray that you just open the windows of heaven over them. Lord, as they leave these doors, they exit these doors, they are entering into their mission field. I pray that you bless them and keep them and surround them and protect them by the blood of Jesus. God bless you. He keeps you. He surrounds you. Know you are loved. Don't forget to tune onto Facebook tonight. Loftal.com, 6 o'clock. Share it with a friend. Tell somebody, invite somebody, share it on your status. Get the word out there. Amen. And we will see you 6 o'clock tonight on Facebook Live. God bless you, keep you, surround you. Be blessed.